I want you to hit me as hard as you can. When it comes to the most doomed and dangerous productions in the history of cinema, no one can make an honest list without including Noel Marshall's insane 1981 movie, Roar. Seriously, you thought Joe Exotic was the Tiger King? Think again. This guy, Noel Marshall, not only wrote, produced, directed, and starred in the notoriously ill-fated Roar, but he also placed his entire family in harm's way by having them interact on screen with vicious real lions, tigers, cheetahs, cougars, jaguars, and leopards, many of which brutally attacked the actors during production. The unbridled carnage that resulted in near death while making the film is one thing, but the arduous 11-year process from conception to the release of the film is just as unbelievable. Suffice it to say, Marshall never made another movie again. With an original shooting schedule of six months on a budget of $17 million, Roar proved far costlier and more time-consuming than anyone could have imagined. Plagued by production delays brought about by set-destroying fires, floods, fickle big cats, a slew of startling on-set injuries, and other wildly unforeseen disasters, Roar took roughly five years to film. Worse yet, Marshall's labor of love, often dubbed the most dangerous Hollywood movie ever made, and perhaps the most expensive home movie ever attempted, failed to resonate at the box office, earning a paltry $2 million in worldwide grosses. The production history on Roar is so incredibly staggering that one has to stop and ask, what the fuck happened to this movie? In case you haven't seen the film, let's start with the basic plot. Noel Marshall stars as Hank, a naturalist and wildlife conservationist living among big cats in East Africa. When four of Hank's family members arrive from Chicago, they are immediately attacked in their isolated home by a range of ravenous lions, tigers, and other large cats. Hank's family members are portrayed by Marshall's real-life kin, including his wife Tippi Hedren, most famous for her role in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, along with their pre-famous daughter Melanie Griffith, and two sons, John and Jerry Marshall. The inspiration to make Roar started after Noel Marshall saw the 1966 movie Born Free, in which a married couple in Africa raises lion cubs following the inhumane slaughter of the animal's mother and father. However, it wasn't until Hedron began filming the action movie Satan's Harvest in Mozambique in 1969 that she and Marshall narrowed their focus on the storyline for Roar. While filming on location in Africa, Hedron and Marshall witnessed a pride of untamed lions taking refuge inside a vacant plantation house in Gorongosa National Park as a way to evade widespread poaching in the region. When the locals informed them of how perilous the environment was for the lions, Hedron and Marshall set out to craft a story around this idea. When the couple informed their family of the idea, many of them liked it enough to willingly participate as actors in the film. However, Joel Marshall hesitated to appear in front of the camera, but remained part of the production as the set decorator. Noel Marshall was told that he'd have to film in the United States, since domesticated big cats were extremely hard to find in Africa. When they were encouraged to obtain their own animals for production, Marshall began itemizing a budget that he thought would cost an estimated $3 million. Little did he know that the final price tag would be more than five times that. Under the working title of Lions, Lions, and More Lions, Marshall wrote the first draft of the screenplay in the spring of 1970. At its core, the idea was to promote the conservation of wild animals in Africa. Marshall also wanted to portray the playful side of the big cats, allowing them to do as they please and act as natural as possible in front of the camera. 30 to 40 trained lions were featured in the script, which went through various iterations along the way. But the goal was always to capture the spontaneous behavior of the lions, including chasing after threatening human beings who encroach on their natural habitat. Marshall and Hedron began collecting young lions from various zoos, circuses, pet shops, game preserves, private residences, and animal control services. 
They illegally kept the animals in their residence in Sherman Oaks, California, a breach of the Endangered Species Act of 1973. Authorities forced the couple to relinquish the lions from their property. In response, Marshall and Hedren purchased a sanctuary in Soledad Canyon and hired a non-union crew to build a two-story house and surroundings meant to recreate the architecture and landscapes of Africa. Thousands of bushes, shrubs, and trees native to Africa were planted, and a local creek was dammed to create a man-made lake. Roughly 2,000 square feet of land was sectioned off with 14-foot-high fences to prevent the big cats from escaping the property. A de facto studio was also erected on the premises, replete with editing bays, an eating commissary, a veterinarian hospital, and a 10,000-pound freezer to store meat for the animals. Once Marshall adopted two Siberian tigers and an African bull elephant from the Okanagan Game Reserve, he altered the script to incorporate several animals in addition to lions, and the movie title of Roar was born. The number of big cats in the film ultimately ballooned to roughly 150. Marshall and Hedren ultimately amassed 71 lions, 26 tigers, a tigon, 9 black panthers, 10 cougars, 2 jaguars, 4 leopards, 2 elephants, 6 black swans, 4 Canada geese, four cranes, two peacocks, seven flamingos, and a marabou stork. The cost of maintaining the large collection of animals totaled around $4,000 a week. By 1973, the untenable cost of production began crippling Marshall's allotted budget. To further finance the film, Marshall and Hedren sold four of their homes and a 600-acre plot of land near Magic Mountain Theme Park in California. When Marshall's production company went bankrupt, he used profits from producing The Exorcist to help fund the film. He and Hedron also sold a series of personal items, including a fur coat given to Hedron by Alfred Hitchcock while making the birds. Due to the lack of money and resources, several cast and crew members began doubling or tripling their on-set responsibilities. For example, actor John Marshall served as a boom and camera operator, on-set veterinarian, animal wrangler, and set mechanic. Before shooting, Melanie Griffith backed out of her role in the film, citing a very sensible fear of being attacked by the big cats on set. She was replaced by her friend Patricia Ned, who filmed a few scenes in her stead. Griffith eventually changed her mind and decided to star in the movie, and the scenes involving Ned had to be reshot. Unfortunately, Griffith's instincts were correct, as she and pretty much the entire cast suffered unthinkably grisly injuries while making the movie. Even before filming, 14 big cats died from an airborne illness. In yet another harbinger that occurred before filming commenced, John Marshall was attacked by a lion on the sanctuary. The lion locked its jaws on John's entire head, where it stayed for 25 minutes before letting up. John required 56 stitches for the wounds. Principal photography on Roar commenced on October 1st, 1976. By now, the film had already been in the works for six or seven years. The initial shooting schedule was set for six months, which was reduced to five months to accommodate the proper color of the cottonwood trees on set. However, the film would take far longer than anyone could imagine. Dutch cinematographer Jan de Bont, who would go on to direct Speed, Twister, and other movies, made his Hollywood debut with this production. De Bont was incredibly frustrated by the fickle nature of the big cats, which often delayed filming interminably. Hours would be spent setting up a single shot, only to watch the big cats do nothing once the camera started rolling. In one scene that took seven weeks to complete, two tigers had to be trained for weeks to ride as passengers inside of a moving car. Marshall also often refused to call cut, even though a day's worth of filming might yield a single useful shot in the final film. As a way to save time and money, Marshall decided to use a documentary style of filmmaking, with multiple cameras stealthily hidden all over the property. As many as eight 35mm Panavision cameras were used during the production, with several camera operators and assistant directors filming from inside of cages and other protective enclosures to prevent bodily harm. 
While some animals accidentally perished on the set, the deaths of the animals depicted on screen were actually achieved by filming the big cats while they were sedated for their yearly blood draw. According to Hedron, principal photography on Roar was completed on October 16, 1979, but due to reshoots and pickup shots filmed domestically and abroad, filming lasted closer to five years in total. Now here's where shit gets really insane. Due to the presence of 150 wild animals on the set of a film, many of the 140-member crew suffered grave injuries during production. According to John Marshall in a 2015 interview with Xfinity, an estimated 100 members of the cast and crew were attacked during filming. In particular, Noel Marshall was attacked so many times that his wounds became gangrenous at one point. Many of his attacks made it into the final cut of the film as well, including one instance in which his hand is badly bitten while trying to break up a fight between lions. The blood seen on screen is real. Doctors feared that Marshall could lose his arm from the injury. His legs were bitten eight times, and three more injuries to his head and chest resulted in blood poisoning. It took several years for Noel Marshall to recover from the carnage, yet he never once wavered from finishing the film. Also, Tippi Hedren had her skull punctured by a bite from a lion named Cherries, which required 38 stitches and tetanus shots at Sherman Oaks Hospital. The incident is shown in the final film when her character Madeline seeks refuge in a tree as 35 lions sprint beneath her. The last lion clutches her head as it passes, producing real blood in an authentic scream. About the incident, Hedren publicly stated, This was probably one of the most dangerous films that Hollywood has ever seen. It's amazing no one was killed. We don't blame the cats. At first, we just didn't know enough about them to stay out of trouble. But it was always a case of love at first bite, and we learned fast. Later, Hedron suffered a fractured ankle when a five-ton elephant named Tembo crushed her foot with its trunk before bucking her off its back. She broke her wrist and suffered leg lacerations from the fall, developing phlebitis and gangrene. Hedron claimed Tembo was trying to keep her from falling, but the elephant also broke the shoulder of its trainer when chasing her up a tree a few days earlier. Hedron also sustained scratches on the arm from a leopard and a chest wound from a cougar. Hedron's son Jerry Marshall was also bitten on the thigh while inside a cage and ended up beside his mother in a hospital for one month. Perhaps the most gruesome onset injury involved Melanie Griffith, who was 19 years old at the time. During one scene, Griffith was brutally mauled by an unruly lioness. Her face was so badly wounded that she required 50 stitches and facial reconstruction surgery. Doctors feared she may lose an eye but she made a full recovery without being disfigured. She also returned to complete filming following her injuries. In another instance that made it into the final film, a lion clutches her by the hair and refuses to let go. Director of photography Jan de Bont also suffered a major injury while filming. He too was viciously accosted by Cherries the Lion and suffered a brutal bite to the head. His wound required 220 stitches to sew up his scalp before he returned to the set to complete his duties. Other onset injuries include assistant director Doran Cowper, who was attacked by Togar, one of the most antagonistic lions on set. Oddly enough, Togar was once owned by the Church of Satan founder Anton LaVey. Cowper was savagely mauled by Togar, sustaining a gouged throat and ripped off jaw. Togar also nearly chewed off Cowper's ear before the assistant director suffered wounds to his chest, thigh, and scalp. Following Cowper's injuries, some 20 crew members finally left the production and never returned. In addition to the unconscionable bloodshed that occurred while filming, at least two other major disasters further delayed production. Following a torrential downpour on February 9, 1978, the pipes beneath the Aliso Canyon burst and flooded the surrounding area with high volumes of water. Since the waterways were facing Marshall's property, the entire set of Roar was engulfed with 10-foot-high floodwater. Despite being scheduled for knee surgery, Noel Marshall left the hospital to help rescue several animals endangered by the flood. 
A total of 15 lions and tigers escaped the property in the chaos, which prompted the local sheriff to lethally shoot three lions. One of the victims included Robbie the lion, who was replaced by a lion named Zuru when filming resumed. The flooding also caused the dam to break, resulting in three to four million dollars in damages. The entire set was destroyed along with the film stock, editing equipment, vet supplies, and most of the ranch. Fortunately, the film negatives had already been sent to a lab in Hollywood before the destruction. Still, production was halted for a full year before the land became suitable for filming again. An additional eight months were spent rebuilding the sets. To make matters worse, in September of 1978, the first of 12 wildfires ravaged the Acton, California location where filming took place. Luckily, no animals were harmed during the blazes, but Noel Marshall did sustain a chest wound when the cheetah he was trying to rescue clawed his body. Even with all the sweat, blood, tears, and time it took to complete the film, Roar was not released in North America. Hedren claims the reason for this was due to greedy distributors wanting a majority of the profits, which she and Marshall planned to use for the preservation of animals featured in the film. However, crew member Terry Albright claimed the reason for the movie not getting North American release was because of the non-unionized crew. Only Jan de Bont was a union member at the time. Instead, Roar was officially released internationally on February 22, 1981. A world premiere was held after the fact in Sydney, Australia on October 30, 1981. Roar performed poorly at the international box office, earning less than $2 million in worldwide grosses against a $17 million budget. While out promoting the film, Tippi Hedren ensured there would never be a Roar sequel. Despite performing well in Germany and Japan, the film was not successful enough to be given an official US release. However, Hedren and Marshall insist the movie was more profitable than publicly reported, claiming the movie made $10 million due to its success abroad. In 2015, Roar was reissued in the United States in a limited run from Alamo Drafthouse Theaters, followed by a proper release on Blu-ray. Although its limited release box office didn't add significantly to the movie's overall total, it did send Roar, and its notoriety, back into the awareness of audiences. Despite being a commercial flop on its original release, Roar has generally favorable reviews among film critics. The film currently holds a 74% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 65 Metascore, and a 6.2 IMDb rating. Many praised the visceral nature of the movie and its underlying theme of compassionate wildlife conservation. Variety called the film a kind of Jaws of the Jungle that felt at times more like Born Free Gone Berserk. However, the film was largely criticized for its vapid plot, dubious acting, poor dialogue, and camera work. For all the time, money, and painstaking effort Marshall and Hedren invested into Roar, the two began growing apart almost as soon as things wrapped. In 1982, the couple got divorced. Once they separated, Hedren immediately organized the Roar Foundation and created the Shambhala Preserve in Soledad Canyon in 1983. Her mission was to reallocate the house from the film shoot to serve as a safe haven for big cats, many of which appeared in the movie. Roughly 230 big cats are preserved at the site. In the years since it was established, Hedron has become recognized as a staunch animal rights activist and advocate. Noel Marshall continued to help fund the Shambhala Reserve from a distance, rarely interacting with the big cats he once loved so dearly. Marshall never directed another feature film in his career. He passed away from brain cancer in 2010 at 79 years old. While Roar was already a cult favorite thanks to its infamous production, the movie recently gained an additional burst of attention in the wake of the monumental popularity of Netflix's Tiger King docuseries. As many critics and online outlets rightfully noted, the story of zookeeper Joe Exotic and his wild personal life actually paled in comparison to both the true events behind the scenes and the final result of Roar. So there you have it. 
If Roar isn't one of the all-time what-the-fuck productions in the history of cinema, we have no idea what is. Despite having their hearts in the right place, Noel Marshall, Tippi Hedren, and their children endured one of the most laborious and perilous film productions in the history of cinema. From the time it was conceived to its initial release, Roar took 11 years to complete, including a five-year film shoot that was constantly delayed by floods, fires, unpredictable wildlife, near-fatal animal attacks, and destroyed sets and filming equipment. Both on screen and off, Roar defies belief as one of the craziest and most dangerous movies ever made.